This is 602 Create Driver Logan Watt, and you're listening to the Four Wide Salute Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Four Wide Salute Podcast, presented by Line Decker Racing Engines. Go ahead and check out Line Decker Racing Engines on Facebook. Just type Line Decker Racing Engines right into that search button. Pops up to their page. Check them out. On to our breaking news. So, the Rebel 50 was this past weekend, which we will get into them results shortly. Did want to touch on it. Prior to the results, Liberty Kenworth stepped up and added the additional two starters to the modified feature to make it a full 30-car field for that event this past weekend. Awesome to see another sponsor stepping up and adding some more into the pot. Defending NASCAR champion and yesterday's winner at California and the quoted dirt god Kyle Larson has partnered up with Flow Sports to bring us a new event this year. Announced on Friday, the Kyle Larson Presents Flow Racing Late Model Challenge, powered by Tezos, will be held on Thursday, April 14th at Volunteer Speedway in Tennessee. That is Bulls Gap, my friends. This will be held a few days prior to the NASCAR events at nearby Bristol. I believe Kyle is hoping to attract some of the Dirt slash NASCAR guys to come and check it out. Maybe hop in a late model. So we'll see what happens there. USAC Midgets. Shamrock Classic is coming up in a few weeks. We will see two dates now for the annual Shamrock Classic this year. The event held at the DuCoin Southern Illinois Center will now be a Friday-Saturday deal. Friday night's feature paying two grand to win. And Saturday is paying a hefty 10000 on top. USAC has also released a new Bubby Jones Master of Going Faster award. This will be a championship of sorts to be crowned in 2022. It is now a series within the series. Ten races will be designated for this uh, point system they're going to do for this award. Those events are the... Let's Race 2 event at Eldora Speedway on May 7th. Lakeside Speedway's event on May 12th. Terre Haute Action Track, the 52nd Annual Tony Holman Classic on May 21st. Then we have two different Eastern Storm dates. That would be Williams Grove on Friday, June 17th. Port Royals the next night, June 18th. Then two July dates, one being Kokomo, July 23rd. Bloomington, July 29th. Then September, the Hobstot Hustler at, of course, Hobstot Tri-State Speedway on September 17th. Then the Fall Nationals at Lawrenceburg Speedway on October 1st. And the Oval Nationals will be the 10th and final event of this new uh, championship of sorts. Paris Auto Speedway, November 5th. They will do a point format for these events on top of USAC National Midget points. And we will be crowning a new champion for the Bubby Jones Master of Going Faster, which is kind of cool. I love the name. 
onto our results, and we have a lot. Kicking off Friday night, Short Track Super Series Elite event number one of six. This Cherokee Speedway, South Carolina, Penske Racing Shocks qualifying night on Friday. Modifieds ran 20 lap qualifiers with $1,000 to win. So qualifier number one, Dave Prime Jr. Mac Tools qualifier. Top five would lock into Saturday's feature. Top three go to the redraw. Your top five from qualifier number one were Lightning Larry White, Flying Ryan Watt, Bobby Hackle, Jack Lehner, and Andy Bacchetti would round out your fifth spot. I got to tell you, this qualifier was the best of the night, in my opinion. Uh, guys were running all over the place, top, bottom, middle. Uh, we saw shades of the old Ryan Watt up top and going around cars. So uh, really cool to see. And then as the night went on, it did get a little bit more locked down. But it's racing. Happens everywhere, guys. Wegner Automotive Qualifier number two. Again, top five lock-in, top three redraw. Stuart Friesen, your winner over Demetrius Drellos, Mike Moreska, Matt Williamson, and J.R. Hefner. Mike's Racing Heads Qualifier number three. Matt Shepard, your winner. H.J. Bunning in second. Ryan Godown, Dominic Buffalino, and Billy Pouch Jr. And last but not least, DKM Fabrication Qualifier number four went to this week's guest, my friend Danny Creedon, over Darren Smith, Billy V, Rocky Warner, and Mad Max McLaughlin. Crate 602 Sportsman ran 15 lap qualifiers, $500 to win. These guys saw 31 cars all qualified. They decided not to run a constant and disqualify everybody. So top four to the redraw, though, these were all 555 Enterprises LLC qualifiers. Qualifier number one went to Mike Nagels Jr. over Doug Klein, Logan Watt, and Blaine Klinger. Qualifier number two, Jeff Watson, Brandon Watkins, Mr. Hook, Craig Whitmoyer, and Tyler Pete. And qualifier number three, Brock Pinkeris, Stephen Schrader, Jimmy Zacharias, and Alex Lane. On to Saturday night's features. You know, the track I thought was pretty good. The racing was pretty good. They did have rain interrupt things in the middle of the program that they had to go out and really pack the track in and had to, they ran, you know, re-ran hot laps and stuff to kind of get that moisture back in. But at the end of the day, Ryan Godown is your $25,000 winner over Lightning Larry White, Billy Pouch Jr., Jimmy Horton, and Mike Maresca. And I will note, yes, Godown did start sixth, Larry White did start third, Maresca started fifth, I believe. But Billy Pouch Jr. started 19th, barely made the show on Friday. Horton won his Concy on Saturday. That's impressive. And Horton was coming. He could have easily had third. But, uh, you know, war of attrition kind of started to get in there and tires were becoming an issue. And, you know, it's, it's what's the name of the game. But I thought it was good, good feature and a well-run event. So looking forward to Georgetown in a couple of weeks. 
and I think it's going to be a zoo. I think there's going to be a ton of people there. And I think there's going to be a ton of cars there. So can't wait for that one. They did have 61 modifieds down at Cherokee for not having home track guys to go. That's pretty, pretty freaking good. A couple of guys went home after practice Wednesday due to motor issues or what have you. They ended up, I think, with 58. 58 was the final number that attempted to qualify on Friday. So, you know, I, I thought it was a good turnout. On to our Crate 602 Sportsman. 30 lapper. Two grand to win. I don't know what he's going to do with $2,000. But so for his first career Short Track Super Series win, Logan Watt was your winner over Peyton Talbot, Mike Nagel Jr., Doug Klein, who led the majority of the feature, and Jeff Watson was your fifth finisher. Back to the modifieds real quick, too. I got to give a round of applause to H.J. Bunning. H.J. was your pole sitter. He led this thing till I want to say uh, lap 27, 28, somewhere in there. A restart. Larry got around him. But he held his own. And at certain points of that feature, I'm starting to think, you know, if this thing goes green the whole way, we could see H.J. Bunning winning this thing. And it was a possibility. And then there were like a couple of cautions that came out a few laps in between and the restarts. Larry had his teeth hanging out and man had some slobber because he was ready to pounce all over that. But uh, no, good run for him. And again, back to the crates. Awesome run to to Mr. Logan Watt. Congratulations, buddy. You did it. World of Outlaw Sprints, Friday and Saturday. Friday, Magnolia Motor Speedway, Mississippi, 10 grand to win. Saturday, Dirt on the Rev, Louisiana, 10 grand to win as well, was washed out. Unfortunately, and we we see this um, early in the season. I've seen the Outlaw Late Models do it, seen the Sprints do it, seen the All-Stars do it, where midweek, you know, it's just, you can't recoup from rain when it's not super hot out, like it's just not going to soak up, you know, it's, it's what it is, but that's that extreme dirt car series did run Friday at Livonia Speedway in Georgia, 5,000 to win little sexy Cody Overton over Dalton Cook and Ben Watkins was your podium Saturday, Modoc Raceway, South Carolina, 7,000 to win when the checkered fell, it was Brent Brown over Kenny Collins and Ben Watkins. However, your pole sitter and winner Brent Brown ended up 20 pounds light on the scales, which gave the win to Kenny Collins. Ben Watkins up to runner-up, and Clay Knight ended up rounding out the podium. The reason you're listening to this episode a little day late Last, uh, the icebreaker was yesterday at Lincoln Speedway. Moved from Saturday to Sunday. Again, had some moisture on Friday, and they gave it an extra day. The parking lot still was a little on the muddy side, but not as bad as last year. And uh, it was good to be back at the track. Good to see everyone. Good to be in the atmosphere, smell the methanol, dirt flying. It was nice. Um... Awesome to 
see a four wide salute podcast sticker on the side of Billy Dietrich's car. Check that out. If you're on the left hand side of the car where he gets in, it's right behind his helmet, uh, right next to the opening there. Awesome. Thank you, Billy. And the sticker will also be on the wrap job of Mr. Landon Price's 410 sprint car this year. Can't wait to see that as well. On to our results from Lincoln. 35 cars. They ran five heats of seven, which I thought was awesome. Instead of running three loaded heats, spread it out. Give guys a little chance to make it up through. In the end, your winner in the Eichelberger car, Mr. Freddie Raymer with the win in the eight over Brent Marks, Anthony Macri, Danny Dietrich, and pole sitter Jordan Givler held on to a top five. Awesome to see. On to USCS Outlaw Thunder Tour down in Florida, Friday, Saturday, two-day show at Southern Raceway. Mark Smith, I, I want to say, might want to take out stock. He was your winner both nights. Friday night's rundown was, again, Mark Smith over Wayne Johnson, Chris Martin, Danny Smith, and Greg Wilson. And Saturday, once again, Mark Smith over Chris Martin, Wayne Johnson, No Panic, Davey Frannick, and Slater Help rounding out your top five. Those were your results on to our upcoming events. World of Outlaw Sprints, this weekend, Friday and Saturday, the Texas Two-Step at Cotton Bowl Speedway. I think they're going to run, too. They posted something today already this morning. Forecast looks great. Sun, beautiful weather. So tune into Dirt Vision for that on Friday and Saturday. I believe they are an hour behind due to the time difference from the East Coast to Central, so keep that in mind. Ultimate Super Late Model Series kicks off this weekend. Saturday, the Tennessee tip-off at Smoky Mountain Speedway, of course, in Tennessee. 12000 to win. That's a lot of money. Schaefer's Racing Oil Spring National Series, Friday and Saturday. So Friday, they run at Swainsboro Raceway in Georgia. $10,053 to win. And Saturday, Sedalia Raceway in Georgia. I'm willing to bet that Ashton Winger shows up. $10,053 to win that event as well. So, those are your upcoming events. Nothing local for another week. And then, shit starts to roll downhill. So, those are your upcoming events. Those were your results. As always, thank you to all of our followers and subscribers. Like and share the podcast on Facebook and Twitter as much as possible. It's greatly appreciated. Smash that five-star rating button on all your podcast platforms. They are linked in every week's post on Facebook. The bigger name ones. So your Spotify, your Google Podcasts, Apple, Anchor. Um, But, and always a big thank you to Kenny Bruce and Bill Brown Inc. for the support as well. On to this week's episode. Glad I was able to catch up with my buddy Danny Creighton. He had a couple of days in between running the stuff in Florida to going to Cherokee and uh, had some downtime. And thanks to my recuperation from surgery, I have a little bit of that now too. So we caught up one afternoon and uh, shoot the shit about how his days were at All Tech Raceway with the Short Track Super Series. How Volusia went with Super Dirt and uh, 
went into a nice big discussion on guys trying to race on Fridays. You know, that's a big thing. You know, getting to how it is with his daughter now racing carts and seeing where that's going to take off to and how excited he is for her and, you know, how it is uh, driving at Orange County under the Brett Hearn leadership there and the fact that Danny does work for Mr. Larson. That's how he pays his bills. So a bunch of interesting things that we get into and... uh that's that. This week, going to record another episode. Can't wait for that one. Have another preview coming up, I believe, the next week. And then uh, we'll be heavy into racing season. So I do have a bunch of stickers left over from last year. The ones I had printed this year, I'm going to save for people that are on the show. So no offense if I don't give you one of them, but I do have a bunch from last year. So hit me up if you see me. Uh, any requested content, shoot me a message. Like I said, we're on Facebook and Twitter. There's an email address as well. A million ways to get a hold of me, and uh, we'll go from there. But that's that, and we're going to roll into Danny Creedon. As always, until next time, enjoy the show. Bill Brown & Company, located in Hamilton, New Jersey, has been in the printing and promotional products business since 1946. Current owner and proud dirt track supporter Ken Bruce has been with the company since 1987 and has continued to deliver the customer service that Bill Brown & Company has delivered since the beginning. Kenny supports dirt track racing through the sponsorship of the number 11 Modified, driven by Danny Heber, along with sponsorship of bonuses at Big Diamond Speedway and the Short Track Super Series, and is proud to be a sponsor of the 4 Wide Salute Podcast. You can reach Bill Brown & Company at 609 609- 586-1408 or by email at kbruce at billbrowninc.com You can also check out the promotional products on the website at www.billbrowninc.com On this week's episode of the 4 Wise Slew Podcast, I have with me the DC Express himself, Mr. Danny Creedon. Danny, how is the weather in Florida at the moment? Well, right now it's like 79 degrees at New Smyrna Beach, and we're sitting here getting ready to go drink beer and watch the ocean crash. Oh, man. Up here in PA right now, it's dreary, getting ready to rain, cold. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> I think so. so is my wife. The wife and Sadie are home, Tanya and Sadie are home, and they're crabby because it's cold. You know, it was eight degrees there Sunday, so, you know, and I think it was whatever it was here Sunday. Well, we went to 500, so 70-something on Sunday, so it was pretty cool. So you went to Daytona? Yeah, I never. So we've been there. When I say we, as my wife and I, my buddy Jaber, my sister came down one year. We went to the 125s. Um, I went to, I don't know if it was called the shootout or the clash back mm -hmm. in the day, but I went to that one time. And that was cool, but I've never been to the 500. So uh, one of my main sponsors from down here, Dave Farber, from, uh, he, he owns a big body shop down in Pompano Beach, Florida, after a collision there. He he said, well, right, we'll go to the 500. So he you know, worked out a deal with somebody he knows and he got us uh, six tickets. So we were way up. We were up like the four tier and got there and watched the race. And that was pretty cool just to be there. You know, I just something that everybody's got to experience once. Yeah, I went when I went down to Volusia in 2018, I stopped there for the tour. And for 25 bucks, I couldn't believe all the stuff I got to see and got to experience. And 
that place, they call it a stadium, and anybody that's been there knows why they call it a stadium. That place is insane. It's amazing. They jam that many people in there, and you're not, and not once, like, do you feel uncomfortable with that many people around. Like, everybody's just race fans, and, you know, people are respectful, and, you know, it was just, it was really cool just to be there, just to see that place, you know, see that race one time, you know? Just, uh, the history of the place is just, it's just awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely full of history. The museum... Uh, that they have right next outside the stadium is so cool as well and uh, just to see everything that's in there but uh one of the cool things and you know you can relate being a driver is if you go to the museum they have the old flag stand that used to be on the beach that's maybe maybe five feet off the ground yeah <laughs> and there's no i've been well we've there's... been to that museum three or four times that's that is pretty cool that museum and uh and the flag stand there being like like you said like five feet off the ground is pretty cool and and being from the racing, the go-kart community, um, one of the motor builders from years ago, Ron Moon, we used to run Municipal Stadium, which is down the road from Daytona. Um, I remember being, I don't know, I had to be 10, 12, 11 years old, something like that. We were here, and there's Ron Moon's go-kart sitting in that museum. And uh, back when I was a kid, Ron Moon was like Dale Earnhardt NASCAR. You know I mean? Ron, he was, he was the man in kart races. That was cool to see a go-kart in that even though it's a NASCAR, you know, it's a Daytona thing, but like a NASCAR deal, but like you see a go-kart there, like, well, that's cool. You know, I'm going to be doing that one day, you know? Yeah, that is cool. I mean, they do run go-karts at the big track at open wide. It's, it's nuts. I mean, and then the quarter midgets, they have the event there as well. They got a little bit of everything going on at Daytona leading up to the big 500. Right, and I told Sadie that next year she gets rolling the go-karts pretty good. We'll have to come down between Christmas and New Year's and run there because now they took that municipal stadium and they took the kart track off. They used to dig the morning track up and, and make the kart track, and we would go down there and race, and then they would say, they would keep it, the dirt track open, I think, until bike week came and used to run the bikes there. But now the racetrack is actually down. I want to say it's more turn, turn four, but the kart tracks, they race here, the dirt track, they race here at Daytona for the karts and the bikes. Oh, so uh, cool. I told Sadie, I said, we can come down and do that. And she just looks at me with like four eyes. She's like, yeah, okay, Dad. Yep. <laughs> <the> next one. <laughs> so uh, let's start off with the trip down to Florida. So you made the decision. I think this is what, second year in a row now. You ran Deo's deal with the Sunshine Swing yeah. and then went over to Volusia for the Dirt Car Nationals. Do you think this year was better than last year? Um. Yeah, last year we were still, when we went to Bubba's, you know, one thing is, you know, Dale always puts a great show on. And he always he always tries his hardest and was that. And, then, you know, he didn't get to go to All-Tech. And I don't remember exactly why. I think it was something to do with scheduling conflict. But uh, went to Bubba's and, and nothing on Brett's part. But that Bubba Clem there, that, that place, you know, we don't own $100,000 track packers. And, and Brett was just as mad as we were. So, you know, which I appreciate Brett for that. So we ended up going... We were on that coil deal. We were still on it, but we started that coil deal, and we were just behind a little bit. So we kind of struggled there. And then uh, George Shackleton had a big block, and he, he loaned it to us there to go to Volusia. And we had one top 10, and we just, as the week went on, we kind of just kept struggling more and more. We kind of got a little behind the eight ball. But uh, it was a good learning curve last year. And then um, this year, you know, I'm fortunate enough, like, we were just, just talking there off air. You know, I'm, I'm off for three weeks. You know, we left um, – I want to say February 5th there, whatever that was, that Saturday, got on the road and got down here. So I've been down for three weeks, but uh, all tech was good. We got one top five. You know, we, we start on a pole and back up a little bit, but I mean, there's no junk. We're racing with zero, zero junk. 
And uh, I was happy with the top five. And then, you know, the one opening night, we had MSD box fail on us, like lap two or three to feature. So we changed that out, and, and we were good after that. And then the last night, we just I kind of missed it in qualifying. You know, I just drew a, kind of a crappy number and missed it, got in provisional, and then I drove to 11th. So we had a good race car. And then uh, when we left to go to Volusia, I, I kind of, I ain't going to lie, I kind of stunned myself actually how good we were. Um, you know, Dave bought us an engine because we didn't, I don't own big blocks. Uh, Dave bought us a, uh, bought me a big block, and it's a little bit older, a little bit heavier, you know, the 23-degree stuff. And uh, first night, we were okay on time. You know, I just, man, I said, if I can just get in all these shows, I'd be happy. And then same deal, you know, we, we got time trials second that one night in one group, and uh Got in the redraw, got third, but I mean, for dollar for dollar, what we're racing against and what we bring to the table, I got a tenth out of that, and we were ecstatic, you know. And then the last night, we kind of, kind of, I kicked myself more. I get thinking about it because everybody started doing a tire deal, and I should have pit it early and put a right rear on, and like the old memory, old Southern Tier 100 days, everybody run the lap 80 and come in and put a tire on, and then go back out. And, uh, but listen, we, we squeezed a tenth out of that, and I'll send you a picture of my tire. There's canvas hanging out of that thing. So we limped it for 80 laps. So I ran that tire Friday night, and then I ran it Saturday night, and we ran it for 80 laps, buddy. You can just about see the air through it. So we got a ninth out of that. So two top tens at Volusia. You know, for, for like I said, you know, we got a, we have a solid running engine. Just she's a little bit older, you know, and it, I, two top tens. We ended up tenth in points, and uh you know, some people are probably listening to like, oh, yeah, all right, whatever, that's 10. But for what we what we came down with and what our budget is and what we got going on, that's, you know, that's almost like a win for us, you know? Well, and to think about it, too, they had plenty of cars, what, 42, 38, something like that. Yeah, and I think I think we started with 43 and we backed up to 38 the last night. But still, I mean, probably average of 40 cars. That, that's a good field down there. Yeah, and guys went home. There are guys who did not make the feature each night. So it wasn't like, oh, they didn't, you know, oh, everyone qualifies, whatever, limp around the back here in the show. No, you had to qualify yourself to make them features every night. And going to Alltech, same thing, stupid amount of cars, and you got to race your way in. So let's start with Alltech. So I heard a lot of guys talking about lap to lap, you didn't know what the track was going to be like. Sometimes it was super slick. Um, sometimes it was heavy, like with the water table and everything, which I think modified people have now come to know because of going down to Florida. How was it there with the track conditions? Well, the track, like you said, the water table, I think that definitely affects it. Um, it does get slick lap to lap and it depends where, man, I, I was talking to another driver and I, I forget who I was talking to, but when he said it, it made perfect sense. If you're rolling around the outside you can see the right front tires kind of get all like they got brown and kind of got like caked up with material and, and just the, the clay and the sand and everything that's mixed into us. So like when the yellow come out, if you stayed up, I think I was talking to Strunky on that. If you stayed up on the, on the outside, you saw the, saw the right fronts and the right rears get caked up. And if the tire was brown, they didn't refire as good. Mm -hmm. If you kept them in the slick and in the black part and kept them warmed up and kept them kind of clean, as clean as you can keep them, then you refired good. But there was times you roll in on the bottom of three, and the next time you got back in there, you got in the same spot, and the thing would just shove across the racetrack. But the tire choice that Brett and Dustin from Lies made to go down there, I thought made for great racing. The right front tire is a little harder, so you weren't, and the right rear is probably a little bit harder than what we needed. 
but you're not, you weren't gri- totally gripped up, wide open, run around and bobbed. And then I got fit, they got rubbered up, you know, and, and listen, every racetrack has, a, you know, they have an oops moment. And, and listen, that guy down there, he works on the place and he tried to be conservative on a couple of things. And that night kind of bit him, but it still was a horrible race. And the heat races were awesome. I mean, my car in the heat race was horrible. Tyler Seary and I were swapping back and forth for the lead. And I mean, I mean, I'm telling you, my car was hard. I couldn't believe I won the heat race. We were that bad because we tried something. But like the swapping and the racing, and I think Tyler even came from like 11th one night to get second in the heat race. And it was really honestly good racing. So with the racetrack changing night, you know, lap to lap, night to night, and the tire compounds and the different motor configurations, like I know Billy Jr. and I had small motors. And I know, I think Eric Rudolph had a big 440. And Larry told me he had a 440. So the motor combinations were all over the place, but it made the racetrack being that way made a good equalizer for it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, to your point, Tyler, that was Thursday night. Uh, just, uh, no, Wednesday night. Yeah, went from 11th to 2nd. And, I mean, he did it pretty quick, too. And that was the night that had, in my opinion, the best feature out of the three nights there when you didn't know who was going to win. Uh, you know, Mareska well, getting caught up with a lapper and – uh, Stu hitting the wall in the top five. You had all kinds of things going on. But I thought, you know, and those guys down there that prep track, they don't see our Northeast Modifieds a whole lot to know right. how they wear into stuff. So, yes. no, I thought it was I thought it was very good. I thought it was better than the first trip to Alltech, just my opinion. And obviously, right. I think better than Bubba's. So, I think... Well, I, anything could be better than Bubba's. Yeah. I think <laughs> I can go... I can go play in a race in a Walmart parking lot, I think, better than that place. But then, <laughs> and it was nothing, it's nothing to do with Brett and Heather no. and the short track super series. It was all Bubba. You know, when, when the guy turns the damn hose off, we got out, we were out packing his racetrack in so we can race on it. And the place is muddy as hell. And then you turn around and you shut the water off on us because he was tired of us using his water for washing our race cars. Yeah. That's a scumbag murder right there, buddy. Well, go back and look at the footage from USAC the last two weekends, and that'll tell you how good Boba's is. <laughs> right. I saw a couple of things of the guys coming off the racetrack, and they're caked full of mud. Well, actually, also here, we, we have, uh, uh, what what's the late models on that? Mav Plus or whatever? Mm-hmm. We had that on the night or the weekend prior to going to leave for Florida. Yeah. And hot laps were supposed to roll off at whatever, 6 o'clock. And I think it was, I think we were getting done in the shop. It was 8.45. And they just got done running the racetrack in. And then at 10.30, they just got done running the consies. And we didn't even watch the feature that night because they were so far behind. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, just, I don't know. That, that guy's just, that, he's not one of my favorite promoters, I can tell you that. Well, you do know who that is, right? That is Bubba the Love Sponge. I definitely, I definitely know who he is, and I used to listen to his radio show and laugh at him, but now I just laugh at him because he's an ass. <laughs> I think I stopped laughing after the whole Hogan deal happened. So, but uh, no, let's move over to Volusia. So I gotta tell you, I've been watching Volusia for the last few years religiously, all divisions that run, and there's times where it's not that great. Modifies put on hell of a show the entire week, even come Saturday with rubbered up. But it came down to the war of attrition. Who's going to be next? And uh, yep. I got to say, I was super impressed with how well those modifieds put on a show at Volusia this year. The racetrack, when they scraped that clay off it, and I, you probably took notice, all the clay, all the new clay they put on, it's all mounded up on the bottom. Yeah. But we were, us as a team, and I say we, I, I'm not talking to all my sponsors, my family, everybody. 
who put time and money and effort into our race team, I said to them, I said, listen, we're down for the week. I said, we're going to run practice. And that place, they don't do something. And as you roughen that tore up, I said, we can't afford to tear stuff up. So I said, we'll go drink beer in the stands. You know, it sucks, but, you know, we come to race, but I, I can't afford to tear stuff up. But, you know, Volusia, they turned around and they cleaned, they took all that clay off and it was right back to the old surface. And all but, you know, Saturday night, it, it rubbered up. But like you said, the tire gate deal, just who was, who was going to last the longest? And it was, for me, I saw, I thought, I thought early enough, I saw the black, because I had to run the Conte that night because we had a shifter linkage actually breaking transmission. So I had to fix that before we went out for time trials. But so I saw it rubber up there in the Conte. And then before they called late model Conte, you know, we had a plan of what we were doing. And uh, they went out and dug it up. And then I was actually talking to Stu's dad there. He goes, ah, he goes, they went around with that, with that little tiller there. He goes, ah, he said, it ain't going to be that good unless they go back around. And they went back around and tilled it up, you know, one more time. And he looked at me and he just kind of smiled. I said, yeah, I know what we got now, you know. So, but it didn't, it did start locking down. Um, and it was just to basically let them guys who were just charging so hard. And I just kind of kept as straight as I could on the bottom and made sure that tire lasted. That's all I did. So. You know, and then, yeah, a little bit of luck on my side, but a little bit of brains on my side, too, for once in my life. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you're, when you're in a place like Volusia for five, six days, are you going out and checking out what the non-wing guys are doing? Are you watching their features? Are you watching the late models to see what the track's doing? Are you are you kind of trying to, to figure that out for when you guys roll out? Yeah, so when the USAC guys are in, or the extreme guys, where they were wingless cars, mm-hmm. They polished the racetrack. They they got all that slimy, heavier mud off quicker. Them big right rears. They pushed everything way to the top. So we got it got a lot slicker a lot earlier in the night because of those guys, um, which is good. You know that was good for my motor package that I had going. Um, but yeah, we make sure we keep up with it. And then back to that when we watched the so Adam Pearson, mm-hmm. one of his crew guys, went and bought a TV and stuck it in the trailer because we're all the way down there in the Gator Pond and. You know how long it is to the racetrack. You know, we had four wheels and buggies and stuff, but he put a TV in there, so we all gathered around that, and we went out and dug it up. And the first late model Conti fired off and pulled up my laps, and me and Adam are standing there watching. They're ripping 16 ones around there. I'm like, whoa, track got grip. So now we end up changing our tire. We were to get, I had a 400 on the car, and we watched the time. I'm like, ah, you know what? Let's put the 300 back on. You know, I said, actually, Donnie Elliott was down with me. I said, Donnie, so let's put the 300 back on. He looked at me with four eyes, and I said, yeah. I said, that's what we're living with. He said, okay. So we put 300s back on. But, you know, we try to keep up on my laps or, um, or the race monitor there. And then the mm-hmm. TV deal made it real easy to keep up what was going on and just keep an eye up. And it also plays an effect when we go out. The one night, the late models are out first, and then we are out first and back and forth. So it depends how heavy the track is or how greasy the track's going to be, how we all kind of plan into what we're doing, you know. So, yeah, it definitely uh, – you definitely got to keep an eye on it. But as a fan, them wingless sprint car guys are out of control. <laughs> that was the most awesome thing I ever saw there. Oh, yeah. I think who, who won? Robert Ballou won the last night, correct? No, Timez. Timez. He was up off turn two, and he drove that thing in there, and he scattered her to the fence, and he's wide open, and I'm watching this thing. And where we're standing, looks like he's going to run dead square into the fence. Oh, yeah. And he just lays in this thing, and the thing gri- grips up, and down the straightaway they go. And it, dude, them things are awesome, awesome to watch. <laughs> oh, yeah. I said it on last week's episode because we were talking about running 
about being afraid of the wall. And I said, it takes a special kind of stupid to have to want to do that. It is insane. And yeah, he was running down the fence. Yep. That's yep, what those that guys was do. Awesome. On a big half mile track like that, they, and they carry a shit ton of speed too. But, uh, yeah. All, they were flying, man. That was awesome to see. Cause we actually went, so we were practicing there Monday night. They were there mm-hmm. and uh, we went to this grandstand side. Cause of course, you know, that's what a beer tent is. And we ran over and grabbed some beers and stood there and watched that feature. Man, that was awesome. Them yeah. guys are definitely awesome. And I think the cool thing about those guys too, um, I believe with the exception of CJ Leary, who's ran there with a wing on none of those guys has ever raced on that track. So now it's fair game for everybody. Correct. Which makes Correct. it even better. You know, that definitely made that definitely made for good racing. No, definitely made definitely made good racing. At no point is someone going, "Oh, well, I got odds on this guy. He's won here before. He has the most laps here." Nope, you couldn't really say that about any of those guys, which made it really cool. So right. that's what made that's what made a good racing. So on a night like Tuesday, where the rain delay hit, I think the uh, the checkered fell on the late model feature at quarter after two here in the east. What does yeah. that do to a person like yourself being a driver trying to stay loose, I guess, um, and having to wait out rain delays like that? What is What do you go through as a driver? Um, I mean, one, they cut into our beer time. That's That was the one downfall. <laughs> but we just kind of we just kind of keep an eye on the track and make sure how they're running the back end and, you know, and see how heavy it's going to be and how much we actually really got to honestly change but with them sprint cars being there they got to polish back off pretty quick but you just i mean you kind of have to you you, you start kind of packing up waiting to get out of there but you know you're gonna race and you know it just makes for a longer night and then a shorter night's sleep and a longer day the next day because it ends up being muddier and you know more cleaning and stuff like that so you know you just kind of keep an eye on the rain i think well, I I was in the car twice when both rain delays came. So I was in the car on the, the upper pit road there mm-hmm. waiting to go out. And I looked up and I said, man, what, is that dust? I looked up and said, no, that, that's rain. And then they came across and I, you know, my guys go back to the pits and we'll run this in and go from there. And then they call us back in. I was back in the race car. So all, all on, she's raining again. So it, when you get back in the car and you're ready to go get this thing done and then you got to get back out. That kind of gets, I get frustrated with it, but it's no one's fault, you know, besides mother nature. Right. Hey, and a lot of tracks may have canceled or postponed. So I give them kudos to getting that show in. I don't care how late I had to stay up. Right. I rather get it done too. I instead of coming back the next day and and running two features the next day, because when you got to come back and run two features in the same day, that gets a little tough and track is, you know, she gets rubbered up and then you're buying more tires and, you know, kudos to them, like you said, to get it done. And then it's not like I had to go to work next morning. Right, right. And that well, that's the advantage, too. A lot of the people in the grandstands are on vacation or camping there. Same with the drivers. You guys ain't going to work the next day. So they can right. utilize that time. You know, we've seen it at Charlotte where they've run how many features on a Saturday starting in the afternoon. And those afternoon shows suck. So yes. it's good that they, they were able to get that in. And even the even the late models, you know, they had a makeup feature on Wednesday, and even that was good. So, you know, it's good to see that track was able to take the beating it took for the three, four weeks that it was running. But um, so now you're on a little bit of a three, four-day wait until Cherokee, right? Yes, sir. So let's start. What are you doing with your free time? 
Well, as racers, there's really never free time. So we um, actually are one sponsor, George Shackleton. He has a place right across the street from Volusia. So Sunday we went to the 500. We pulled the trailers out of there Saturday night, parked them over at George's. Uh, Sunday went to the 500. And then yesterday morning we got up, went to the, over to George's and washed and maintained the big block car and put the day old body on that and uh, got the small block car out of the other trailer and swapped them around because we're going to – I think we're going to focus with our small block of Cherokee unless the place really is, you know, pretty gripped up and fast. So, uh, our primary car is going to be our small block. So we stuck that in my trailer and put the big block in the file loss trailer. And then, uh, today we're just, we were all strapped down we're loaded up. And today we're just literally sitting here and watching the ocean on New Smyrna beach, just to hang out and go get some dinner a little later and do a little relaxing. And then, uh, tomorrow morning we're going to roll out about 10, 10 30 and start making our way to Cherokee. Cause it's eight hours. Right. So we'll just go up there and get in town and find something to eat and just kind of hang out there another day and get back ready and get back at it. Did you run Cherokee when Brett was there two years ago? Yeah, I actually uh, I got a top five out of that place. So that okay. was pretty cool. So that was that was cool. I'd like to do that again. That one place that everybody has to go see is that Tri-County in Brasstown. Oh, yeah. That place is awesome. It's small. It's like Woodhall. Okay. You ever been out to Woodhall? Oh yeah. So it's Woodhall and, and nothing nothing against Woodhall. I love that place, but it's Woodhall with gray clay, red clay, and it has grip. And that place is awesome. There's I a- do. I tell I I tell Brett and Dustin all the time. So whenever you guys want to go back down there, I'm game. We can leave right now. I'll go. There's but, a uh, lot of tracks. I call them late model tracks. That's where they primarily run in that South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee area that are insane the amount of red clay the tackiness the grip and their shape their size they're all unique but there is a lot of really good hidden gems in that area and i'm glad that brett was able to find two of them in cherokee and and tri-track but um so you know you bring up woodhall so i gotta ask you know you run orange county on a weekly basis you're pretty good at orange county a big track I think you're really good on your bull rings, your Afton, your Thunder Mountain, your uh, your Woodhall, your Accord. Obviously, you're the defending champion there. How do you classify yourself as as a driver? I I rather bull ring race every day of the week. Okay. I'm I I always and there again, no disrespect to Southern tier race tracks. I love every one of them, but the dustier and the dirtier the places are, I go better at them. Don't know why. I mean, I love Five Mile. I always ran good there. One, I think I, well, I won. I think one race there this year, two. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but I should have won probably. I went there. I think six times. I really should have won five of them. I had a transmission linkage break. Um, I had a Gen two training that this cable broke on me, but I should have. That was a Southern Tier race or one of them races up there. One of the bigger races. I should have won that. But we, I love Five Mile. I love Thunder. I, you know. Middletown for me is just, I grew up there. You know, I grew up in Middletown. My dad raced there. I was there helping Ed Zachary, Donnie Elliott, John Finley. I was there, my brother-in-law, Kevin Patnock. I was just there working on race cars. So Middletown's home for me. Okay. Um, I enjoy racing there. I really enjoy running 358s there. I'm super excited that the small blocks are back weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes more work for us, but I'm happy they're back weekly because – and, the, and and to also that I'm more of a small block guy. I I was always fortunate to have decent big blocks, 
you know, Roger and George Shackleton's and whatever. And now the one that Dave bought, I, I have, I have really good and small bars, really good pro big block programs, but I always, always thought that I really wasn't such a really good big block driver. So being down here should help me out during the week. Um, or, you know, during the weekly stuff with the big block at Middletown, but I definitely do. I love my small box. I love my Southern tier short tracks. It's just, I always, always ran good there, you know, and Robbie, Robbie green told me that, listen, Middletown's Middletown. He says, but you can make it, you can make it going upstate. And Robbie chased Albany, Saratoga for years. He chased Afton for years. And Don Roselli's right out of Middletown too. He chased Mockatech for years. So there was a lot of, you know, and Doug Worthing them guys, but a lot of, a lot of Middletown guys ventured out to the Southern tier or out to, you know, Eastern Pennsylvania chasing these little quarter mile racetracks right. and, and going good, you know? So I just, maybe it's a little bit easier on our maintenance program and it's a little lighter in our pockets, but that's why I always ran to the Southern tier stuff. I mean, that's what got me hooked into watching the short track super series. It's what it was. I knew I could watch races at Afton at Accord at Woodhall, all those tracks, and they were tight. They were, for the most part, clean racing and super exciting. And now it's gotten me to travel to a place like Georgetown or Orange County, those those bigger tracks, and know I'm going to see a quality race. But I, I'm i a short track guy. The shorter, the better. I love them. And that, yeah, I'm, that's how I am, too. Shorter, the better. And it's funny, when I think of the first time I remember seeing you race – was the match races at Afton the uh, I called it the best two laps I've ever seen, and unfortunately <laughs> you were on the other end of Jordan Watson's <laughs> amazing yeah. bomb in four at Afton. Do you remember that? I remember that because I didn't even know he got by me. I had a flat right rear going into three, and I skated up, and I remember going by, you know, going past a flagger stand, but I didn't realize Jordan was on the bottom. <laughs> and I stopped him like I go and change that right rear and, and I forget who was standing. He goes, No, you lost. I'm like, I lost. I won that thing. He goes, No, Watts is down there in the gutter. He crossed you over. I'm like, all right, fair enough. <laughs> and rolled off the racetrack. I didn't even know he was there. If there was but a no, that, if there was a modified slider I've ever seen, that was it. It was amazing. Yeah. And he never you know, and there again he never touched me. I never even saw him. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because he that came from a ways behind. Um, oh yeah, and the other the other moment I remember again, of course, it's the Super Nationals, but this time at Thunder Mountain, um, I believe it was the Concy. You were one spot out, and there's poor Joe Judge sitting in front of you. <laughs> I yeah, thought, I, remember, I, I remember that one too. <laughs> I thought he was going to land in Pennsylvania, and it was and it's funny because Merck sit next to me and he goes. Uh oh! Watch this. <laughs> and here you go down a backstretch, and there might have been some contact, and uh, you made the show because of it, ironically. But um, yeah, that was a moment where well, actually, would... actually, Brett put me back on. Oh, that. did he? Think, okay. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got to rack my. I remember, I remember the contact. The contact. He may have. Good. Yeah, I, I think Joe still remembers the contact. I think he put me back on the next yellow, and I still got back in. Yeah. But, I mean. Listen, I raced with I raced with Joe, and Joe and I had some disagreements. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we're we're good now. Right. But Joe's tough, man. He he hung the left. I had a full head of steam because I used to run 
thundered a little bit different. I go in kind of late in one and run down to make the backstretch real, real long. And I had a hell of a rundown and going into three and Joe hung a left. And I said, Oh boy. Yep. I said, you, you ain't going to want to do that. And it rained and it was slimy on the bottom the whole nine. Yeah. So. And anyone knows thunder outside turn three is not exactly a short drop either. So oh, shit. Yeah, oh yeah. So I mean, yeah, he, that definitely, uh, yeah, that was a full tilt moment there, buddy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, he's, he, we kind of, well, I don't know if he's the last about it. I laugh about it. I don't know how much he laughs about it. <laughs> there was a lot of people laughing about it that night in the grandstands. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah. I, you know, listen, buddy, I don't like going home. No, I, I nor should you. Um, but no, I, I think, uh, you know, people know that you'll move people out of the way if necessary. You know, mm-hmm. everyone, you're trying to accomplish the goal of winning the race. If people are in your right. way, well, that's that, right? Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's the problem there. You know, I always try to, you know, I don't try to do that by no means, but sometimes you got to. I've been moved. I've been moved before. You know, people try getting into me and try and get by me. And, you know, Brett's one of them. You know, Hearn's one of the worst ones. He moved me a couple times, you know, and. I'm like an elephant, dude. I don't forget. I'll get back to him. But now I think he's just, he's just about retired. So my my uh, my retaliation level's about done, you know? <laughs> how, how is it with Brett now in his role at Orange County? Have you seen a major difference from your perspective? Well, I got to watch kind of what I say here because I work for Mr. Larson. But uh, he don't make it easy. Let's put it that way. Okay. He, but, uh, but is it you know, he Well... I understand why they did it, okay. why they did the Thursday night race and whatever. I understand that. Totally. Okay. However, it deterred a lot of local Middletown guys. I can understand that. You know, and then here again, I'm, I'm not disrespecting nobody. No. I'm just, it's just, it deterred a lot of regular Middletown folk. I can, you know? I, I can completely understand that. And I told one of the guys there that not too long ago, I, I asked the question, how how was the reception from your local based teams with everything they did from the changing the point structure to um, all the big money and attracting a lot of outside people? You know, I can understand how that will deter some of your local guys. I absolutely get it. I mean, there's there's guys I can rattle off, you know, five names right off the top of my head that right. don't that don't either have race cars no more or they're literally just sitting parked because they got businesses and they got families. And yeah. you know how tough it is to race on a Thursday night, even being seven minutes from home. Absolutely. It's, it's tough. Like it's definitely tough. Well, like we were, we were talking off air before, you know, we, we hit record about Friday nights, Friday nights yep. are, you know, I, I hear people, Oh, diamond doesn't get really good car counts. Well, no shit. People work. And I know all the guys, I give all the guys that come from Jersey to come race at Diamond, I will not give them shit because it takes them four, four and a half hours to get to our track and they got to either take off work, take a half day, then you got to worry about your kids, you know, you got to worry about the help, you know, you got to have help and you're making a, a, a whole day of it to go run on a weeknight yet. Right. Well, that's, I mean, Afton's an hour and a half. Right. And I, and I love Ronnie Ford. I love Afton. I won races there. I enjoy racing there. Pencan, same deal. You know, I enjoy going to Pencan, whatnot. But to be honest with you, I get out of work at 2. I got to grab Sadie off the bus. She's off the bus or, or pick her up at school. So I pick her up at 3. 
is she rides a bus. She's at into my mom's road at three thirty, and it's literally sitting at the end of the road, waiting for her to go. Yeah. And then my wife has to drive up separate as she comes, you know. So then she's driving up the road by herself, and then I get up to go to work at four thirty on Fridays. So by the time the feature's over, I'm tired. I don't want to drive home. Yep. You know, and it just makes our Friday night program, the Friday night racing. So it's the same thing if I ran down to Big Diamond. Mm -hmm. That's two and a half hours. And to be honest with you, it's a gamble if you're going to get stuck in traffic and Will Sparrow hits it. I mean, I rolled through there going to a Deo show and got stopped in traffic. Yep. You know, when Anthony when Anthony runs Malta, Borrego on Friday nights, yeah. when I'm coming up out of Halmar, coming up out of Maybrook, I see the truck and trailer going by at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, on yeah. 84, heading to the throughway. I'm like, I can't do that. No. You know, and if, well, I, even if I took my truck to work and did that, I don't have a crew to go with me. Say, who's going to get Sadie off the bus? Who's going to, you know, wait for Tanya to drive her up? Yeah, that's Friday night. It's tough, tough racing. Absolutely. Always is, is tough. And I, I've, I look, I used to be that way or give guys shit because they weren't going to run Fridays or whatever their excuse was. No, now I absolutely get it. There is a guy who used to come run Enduros with us that we have five times a year. We don't have many more, but Enduros were guaranteed to run last. This guy's yeah. from South Jersey. Five-hour really? drive to come up, make warm-ups so he can hot lap, and then sit until midnight till they run their 50-lap feature against 10 cars, get paid, what, 100 bucks to win, then drive five hours back, and then have to flip his car around to go run wall the next day. That is absolutely wow. insane. That's crazy. You're not even making your gas money back in winning the thing. Right. That's absolutely out of control. It's nuts. But, but it's what but guys do. That's what racers do. That's what you guys do. I, it's, yep. I've seen guys from here go run Tulsa shootout knowing damn well they're not going to maybe even make the A. But they right. do it because it's just what racers do well i mean let's say even with us down here at volusia to be yeah. honest with you we were hoping to be i wanted to make every race right and i did that but in all actuality if i made three out of five or four out of five i was okay with that like right. i i know i know what i got you know i know what i'm doing i know what i got but some some guys you know lose a motor your first night or two and it's like oh shit Right. Well, I stole I stole Matt Janie Hatch's spare motor and put it in a trailer because <laughs> I only owe one big block. So I, I said, Mo, I said, I'm taking your engine. Yeah, no problem. So the Friday that we left, they ran down to Matt's house in the ice storm, no, picked geez. up the engine, stuck it in the side door. And, you know, I had my father-in-law's trailer and my trailer here, stuck in the side door of Barry's trailer, and then proceeded him truck on down the highway. Well, Matt doesn't use it nearly as much anymore, so I don't think he'd notice <laughs> Nah, man, he, he's he's making his comeback. He's Good. coming back. Yeah, he's uh, he's racing big block weekly this year. Um, him and Christine are expecting. So I I want to say May, middle of May. So he might miss a weekend there or whatever. But uh, yeah, so he he's planning on racing just big block at Middletown. Okay. So, yep. Good. So he'll be back. So um, you know, let's transition to you as the car owner now with Sadie and her go kart. How has it been now with having your daughter racing and having to kind of switch focus from yourself to her? It's it's awesome to see, but on the same on the same flip note, that it's tough because I know if I make a wrong adjustment in the car for me, I know what I did 
and I can hopefully counteract what I did wrong by driving. Now, with a little girl, eight years old, and you send her out there and you just hope everything's right. So it's actually tougher watching her race than for me racing. You know, it's just you, you want to make sure you have all the right decisions and all the right tire prep and the right tires and this, that, and the other thing, you know. So yesterday when I was down here, I made a couple phone calls to find out about that indoor deal. I talked to the one guy that's running it and gears and tires. And so even when I'm working on my own stuff, I'm working on her stuff. So it's, uh, it's definitely a little tougher. It's definitely tougher watching her racing for me racing. And how cool was it? I, I'm glad to know that you and your wife have been posting this stuff on Facebook, but to see all the support that's coming at random letters of encouragement with whether it be a big check, small check, something to help, the process for an eight-year-old how cool is it to see all that stuff come in that's it's definitely awesome you know i mean there's people people sending letters and checks and whatever that used to help me out racing go-karts and then people that still help me out but like i mean dan bedell a motor builder my engine builder sent her a check for help you know but she's been around the racing world so much for all eight, eight years of her life that everybody knows this kid right everybody now it's now it's cool to see so now all tech she's eight years old she's got it we brought her little quad down so you all can kind of run around on it and to see her jump on that quad and i have zero worries about it because i know everybody knows her she goes over and shakes billy Pouch jr down for a t-shirt she goes over to american racer truck shakes them guys down shakes dustin down for a hat and she's living and loving it and she's riding around trailer to trailer and laughing and joking hanging out this that the other thing we go to Accord, we park at Accord, right in front of my truck and trailer is Jerry Higby and his son Cody, and right next to us is my buddy Richard Smith. Sadie's like, all right, guys, see you. Poof, right to them trailers. Why the hell she go over there all the time? Well, they got snacks in there. You ain't got no snacks. <laughs> so now Jerry, now Jerry and Sarah are making sure the trailer is packed full of snacks for Sadie. That's and then Richard crazy. next door has all their stuff, and his two little guys are hanging out. So, like, it, it's, you know, it's definitely awesome to see these kids grow up. You know, in the end of it, end result, like, I never got in big trouble. You know, I, I was never into drugs. I never, I never did a drug, never smoked a cigarette, nothing, you know, but I'm 39 years old and I can guarantee you for 39 years, I've been in, in a race car garage or at a racetrack. That's where I've been my whole life. You know, that's so cool. That really is. Hey, at least she's not shaking people down for money. Like Logan Watt does to me every time I see him. Well, listen, she has, she has a couple suckers. She knows. <laughs> Donnie Elliott, you know, we had a we had a 40th surprise birthday party for my wife. Mm -hmm. It was actually, actually one of the guys that helped us out at Joe Romer's bar, so we shut the bar down and did the party there. And had one of them old punching bags, you know. So Sadie, I think, shook Uncle Donnie down for about 40 bucks. <laughs> she shook everybody down. The kid probably made more money than all of us did that night. You know, she's out there shaking people down. She knows. She knows a sucker. She ain't no dumb kid, man. She's she's pretty smart. She knows. She reaches in my left pocket all the time to get it. <laughs> I said, see, you know, all I said, see, all I got is a hundred dollar bill. So, you know, okay, well, give me that. Dad. I'm like, no, go find your mother. Your mother will give you money. <laughs> so what's, what but, do you, what do you think her uh, progression is going to be with racing? I mean, is she, I mean, I'm sure she's mentioned at some point she wants to eventually race something else. What do you think? Well, what do you think she's going to do? We keep joking with her. I'm like, listen, why can't you just be like 10 or 12? And we'll just put you in a sports car like Logan and we'll be done. And I got extra cars. It makes our life easier. Yep. She's, I'm not driving a sportsman. It's okay. So I don't know. She doesn't really care for the dirt racing. She really, she really likes asphalt. 
Okay. And everybody knows the Bethel Motor Speedway. So family friends of ours, Dawn and Brian, end of last year, they did a, they did um, Small Car Sunday. So she ran two races up there on the big quarter mile asphalt track with a champ cart. Mm-hmm. She won both of them. She absolutely loves it. She don't want to hear nothing else about dirt. She don't want to hear nothing else about, you know, we went to Orville a couple of times. She likes Orville. You know, she runs and she's just, she's just new at it. Her flat cart, she gets around that place and I forget like a 14 second lap. And then she jumps into her, her champ cart and she runs a 15 second lap. And there's literally no difference between these things besides the cage and no cage. Interesting. But, but one of our little crushes there, Chase Goulart races with her. Oh, no. I don't no. know if she wants to be old Chase. I think that's what it comes down to. Oh, but, no. <laughs> so, but I don't, you know, she just absolutely loves Bethel. And I said, you know what? They're going to run 12 races there this year at Bethel. That's all she wants to go. That's fine. So when I saw this indoor deal, I said, see, you want to go to this indoor deal? Do I have to? I'm like, you don't have to. I said, but I would like you to go to get some experience. And we'll discuss it when you get home, Dad. <laughs> so then I said, I said to Tanya about it. And Tanya, I'm like, you know, just talk to her. Kind of, you know, nurse her into a little bit. And when I get home, and we'll, I said, I'll dig the flat card out. We'll put the clone on it. We'll, we'll start getting it ready and show her interest that we want to go. Well, her and San, Tanya Sadie called me last night and she goes, Dad, Mom says I have to race. I'm like, oh, all right. So I guess we'll go racing then. <laughs> so Mommy, Mommy's the bigger pusher. Well, I guess after spending some money at the water park that's kind of probably part of the deal so yeah that makes sense <laughs> well you you read you read that caption dad can go place so so can we that's you know? right <laughs> but, you know what listen them two those two deserve everything that i can physically give them and actually our our one sponsor actually says well since we're staying in florida we're sending you to we're gonna send you up to uh the water park or whatever because we i feel bad when they can't stay i mean we're such a tight family that my girls and my dog go everywhere with me. They they go every single place with me. And uh, when they had to go home, I mean, that sucked. You know, my mom was down. My sister was down. Actually, my mom, my sister, and a friend of my sister's got into a car accident down here at all times. Mom ended up dislocating her hip, so she saw one race. She flew in Thursday, saw Thursday night, got an accident Friday, dislocated her hip, stayed in the hotel Saturday night. And then Tanya, we had to rent Tanya a minivan. So Tanya, my mother, my sister, Sadie, and my dog drove home in a minivan. So Tanya drove 16 hours straight through because mom couldn't fly because she had to keep her legs straight. So oh, like, man. It just sucked. You know, it sucked that mom had to come. She actually got away. We got her down here in Florida for a couple of days, and then she got into an accident. You know, it wasn't her fault, but, you know, it is what it is. So, I mean, mom's vacation got cut pretty short. She got to spend a, spend a couple of days in a Florida hotel room in a Florida hospital. So it was cool. Jeez, um, should have let Moose <laughs> drive the car home. Yeah, no, probably should have. Moose, Moose would drive that thing. Moose is a good dog, man. That dog, <laughs> I never seen a dog so laid back. He just jumps in a truck, and you won't even know he's there. Moose is. He a lays great down in the dog. back floor, and oh yeah, lays down in the back floor, and never know he's there, buddy. Comes to a red light, he noses up, and sees what's going on. We start rolling, he lays back down. You ever meet Bristol Rashinsky's dog? Yes, that dog is like polar opposite to Moose. <laughs> Yep. There's people that walk into my race car trailer like, where's Moose Man? He's sitting there behind a the tire rack or laying, you know, we have a blanket he lays down. Yep. Or if it's cold, I put a blanket over top. Like, we went down to Baps there. It was cold out, so we had him under, like, a sleeping bag. And uh, one of the Hooks guys comes in and goes, where's Moose Man? So he's right there and picks his head up under the blanket, looks around, lays back down. You don't <laughs> even know he's there. You don't even know he's there, you know. And, I, and I've been fortunate that I had 
we had a couple dogs, but I had one, I had a black lab named Hoosier. He was the same way, man. Rode in the car, did everything good. He just hung out. He was a good dog. That's so cool. Well, I mean, you can bring your dog to the racetrack and I mean, you have so much going on to not have to worry about what your dog's up to is probably a great sigh of relief. You know, absolutely. that's all you need is one more thing to worry about, right? Yeah, we have one less thing. And I mean, he, and like I said, he's just a good dog, you know, and he, he's just, everybody loves him. I think the dog has a bigger fan club than I got. I mean, everybody comes to see Moose Man. I just happen to see me because I'm standing in the trailer with him. Well, I mean, it would be kind of weird. People come up, pet you, maybe give you a treat. I mean, it's kind of weird. <laughs> I like ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's welcome with a beer or ice cream, one or the other. <laughs> That's funny. It's time for Green White Checkered on the Four Wide Salute. Let's see what you got. You ready? Ready. All right. People have been kind of making a big deal out of people's last meals in prison, right? If it came down to you getting one last meal, what are you getting for dinner? Well, probably what we had last night, Texas Roadhouse, 11-ounce sirloin. Sirloin, interesting, okay. Yep. What are your fixings? What are you getting on the side? Uh, what I, ha- I had rice. I had rice and mashed potatoes last night. Okay. And are you a steak sauce guy? No, if there's a good steak, steak don't eat sauce. Oh, Okay. All right. <laughs> and no ketchup on steak. I'm the opposite. <laughs> I got to have my A1. I, yeah. I got to Well, you need it. to come up to the shop one day and I'll cook you something, buddy. You won't need no steak sauce. See, look how this works. Now I'm getting free steak. <laughs> All right. I'm good with that. All right. Good enough. Question number two. If there's a zombie apocalypse coming today, who are the three people you're taking with you? Uh, ooh, that's a tough one. Three people. To fight mm-hmm. them off. To fight them off. Not necessarily to save, but people, you know, people that help you fight fight off a zombie apocalypse. Well, I'll take big Greg Turner. You ever see him? Yes. He's the only person that makes me look small. And that's hard to do. (laughs) So I'll take, I'll take big Greg Turner. I'll take, uh, I'll take Joe Romer. He's probably got more freaking ammo. Let's stash around than anybody else would. And then I got to have my, my buddy Jay Bird. He's, uh, everybody sees the size of me, right? And everybody thinks I'm a big old fighter and I'm really not. I was like the more, when we were growing up, I was more of the mouth. And then it was turned around and then Jay Bird hit him. And Jay Bird was probably, it's probably just under six foot, probably 185 pounds. And Jay Bird was a swinger. I was the mouth runner. Okay. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, you and I talked a couple of weeks ago about that, the issue at the Chili Bowl. They were made a rule if you're going to fight, do it on, do it on the track. And, you know, you won't get kicked out, whatever the case may be. And we were talking about, you know, who were the guys that, you wouldn't want to pick a fight with, and your name came up right away. Oh no, shit! Who said that? Oh, my wife and I were talking because <laughs> they were because they they had they were asking some of the USAC guys, uh, and everyone kept saying Coddle. No one would want to pick a fight with Coddle because he's okay. again he's a big boy too, and and we were like, you know, I wonder who modified guys. Let's see who wouldn't you want to pick a fight with, and we instantly thought of you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that rule should be in every racetrack. That should be a rule. I saw well, you saw it on the Facebook yeah. there, right? The front, if you fight in the front stretch, you get fifty bucks. If you fight in the pitch, you get thrown out. That's where we need to be. Yep. Yep. I mean, look, if you're nut up or shut up, it's that's kind of a team as mentality, you know, if you want to think yep. about it. And you know, it would stop 
And it's funny, they made that rule, and then didn't someone go after somebody in the pits while on the, on the way up the ramp, got kicked out for the week, didn't get the race? Like, you know, that's a good point. If you're going to do it, do it in front of the entire crowd. And I think it diminishes people wanting to do it because now there's an audience. So Right. And, you know, the other thing is, too, nobody, very, well, I'm going to phrase that, very, 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 very seldom does somebody come see me in my trailer. I always gotta go see them. I don't understand why. <laughs> it's probably because of your wife, to be honest. She's probably yeah, a scrapper. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. There's been stories. She uh, she decked somebody down a Mockatech because uh, they wrecked that. They wrecked Papa Bear there for leading the feature, oh, and uh, oh. she walked right in their trailer and knocked him out. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. But I, <laughs> she's the one I would want to be afraid of for sure. Yeah, I'm afraid of her sometimes. I ain't lying. I believe it. I'm, I didn't send her a picture here at the beach yet, and I think I'm, I'm as I'm standing here talking to you. I'm kind of thinking maybe I'm not going to. She might fly down and kick my ass or something. Yeah, that would make may require you to take an extra week's vacation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't think the boys back home in the Halmar were like that, though. I got to get my ass back to work. True. You could always put a cot in the shop, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a there's an office upstairs. We can sleep up there. All right. And on to the, <laughs> on to the last question, more serious note. So now your daughter's in racing. And what's the one piece of advice that you want her to carry through her entire racing career from you? Mm, be respectful and don't take no shit. Okay. It's fair. You know, I mean, just race how you be want to be raced. Um, she's been lucky. You know, I mean, the classes she's running, they're all kind of they're all kind of rookies and new, and everybody's kind of calm. But there was this one girl at Bethel, and I think it caught her off guard. Sadie's Sadie's quick there. She took off, and this one girl kind of jumped to start, stayed with her, and got down in there and hung a left on her, had it all turned around. And I said, Sadie, what happened? She goes, Dad, she hit me so hard, my foot fell off the throttle. I said, Then what you do? She goes, I hung a right. <laughs> I said, That's my girl. <laughs> So that's my girl. So, you know, that's that's basically what I tell her. You know, just just race hard and race how you want to be raced. But don't take no shit on the top side of that. That's good. That's good. People can get used up pretty quick by by certain individuals. So that's always good to keep in, in the back of her mind. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. have a beverage for me. I'm sure you're going to have a couple today. And uh, Yep, I didn't even have one yet. I'm going to go. Dave just rolled in here. So the bar's right next door. I'm going to go scoff old Dave up, and we're going to go have a couple beers. Good. Have one for me, and uh, I'll be sure to – I'll be watching a Cherokee. So make sure you do something impressive. I usually try to. Sometimes it's, you know, entertainment impressive, or sometimes we actually, like, really run good. So I'm. Uh, we know there's a lot. Listen, at the end of the day, we know there's a lot of stiff competition coming. Kudos to Brett for doing this, you know, Mr. Larson for putting the money up and, uh, you know, Dustin from Lives to be involved in, you know, great American racer tires and stuff like that. And I, I ain't going to lie to you, if we, we make the show, man, there's a, that's going to be 26 of the best modified you see. Well, now so, it's uh, 30. Oh, he, he did rate he the 30 cars. So as of today, I, I was going to bring this up. I'm glad you said something. So as of today, Liberty Kenworth of South Jersey has increased the starting field to, at minimum, 30 cars. Awesome. Awesome. And, and you know what? And that's the best part about Brett. You know, Brett and I, I always respect Brett and Hubbard. Always. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of say to Brett, jokingly, but in all seriousness, like, this ain't a little guy. This ain't the working man series no more. No. But here I am. I'll still follow it to the days long. Because Brett's working man series put my name on the map. Yep. So the least thing I can do is support Brett, and I'll support him as the day is long. 
you know, because everybody says we want to run the dirt series. I'm, I'm just not, I don't believe purple, man. I believe red and red's American racers. And that's what I like, you know? So on the flip side of that, his, his sponsorship that he always brings, there's always something, there's always some sort of bonus, some sort of sponsorship. And Brett never stops working at that. Oh no. You know, and actually my sponsor, Dave, everybody gets, gets modified stuff, modifies, modifies. And I understand it's tough to run them, but these sports and boys are spending the same amount of money in tires. They're spending the same amount of money on cars. Yeah, their engines are a little bit lesser, but that's it. So Dave did a deal that he sponsors the halfway point on all 30 races, all 30 day races for the sportsman guys. Oh, that's cool. It's a hundred dollar bill. You know what? hundred bucks to a hundred bucks. Yeah. Yesterday, the diesel price of back home is up over $4 a gallon. Yeah. So, I mean, hell, that hundred bucks may not go far, but it'll give you a half tank of fuel. Yeah. I tell people that, that ask, how come Brett keeps getting these amazing car counts? And I pull up the results from the prior event and I say, look at this and tell me what you see. And it's the 15 to 20 contingency awards for finishing fifth or being the worst draw or whatever the case may be. There's all these awards that get handed out and it's not jump change. You know, a yeah. free tire certificate or free can of fuel, like whatever, that stuff can go a long way. And that Absolutely. is what brings people back. And now he has these six races that pay, what, 1000 for 16th? Yeah, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. You know, and there again, not knocking a short the, the Southern Tier races at all. Because, I mean, I'll go to every Southern Tier race there is in the world because I love them up there. They're 1200 $1,400, $1,400 a win. Now you're running for 16th. Granted, you're running against, like you said, 30, well, 30 cars starting, but there's going to be 50 solid could possibly win at any given moment race cars at that race. Yeah, just count the accolades. Just count the accolades or guys that at least have more than one win, and that list is going to be pretty extensional. So, nope, kick ass. I expect if you make television, I get a shout out, of course. But, Absolutely, uh, I made television a lot this week. They said, uh, "Yeah, I had to. I had to laugh the shooting from the hip comment." That was pretty good. That's what we do. We, I mean, listen, man. That's why I shoot. I shoot from the hip, buddy. I don't really have no notes, man. I used to keep all. I could probably still tell you what go kart gears you ran, but I mean, when I try to remember stuff that I really need to remember, I can't remember. You know, yeah, I had to get reminded to take the garbage out on Tuesday nights when I get home. But I could tell you what coil spring we ran at Cherokee last time. I, got, I had to laugh talking about interviews, right? So I'm not sure if you caught this on replay or not, but. Lawbach finished third the one night in a heat race and had yep. a new house. Poor Hannah Newhouse has never talked to Lawbach before. And you know how dry he can be, right? Yeah. So she goes up and she's like, oh, you know, you've won here three times and this and that and da 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 da. And like, how are you going to apply that to tonight's feature? And he goes, that was a long time ago. That notebook's long gone. He's like, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with this thing. I'm afraid to drive it. Da, 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 da. Like starts complete. <laughs> Anybody who knows Lawbach would be like, yeah, that sounds like him. And yeah, she, yeah. And oh, she's yeah. just like, uh, okay. Uh, don't, know what, don't know what to say. And you they know? go back to Brett. They go back to Brett in the booth, and he goes, well, that was probably the most unenthusiastic interview I ever heard. <laughs> well, did you hear my interview when I won at down at Alltech? Uh, I told him, I said, we suck. Yes. I said, we better figure something out because we're, we're pretty terrible right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, what's her, Lazaro, or what's, I forget, Mimi, Mimi, right? Mimi's her name. She's sitting there looking at me. She's like, uh, <laughs> my, the truth, we suck. I can't <laughs> believe I pulled that one out of my ass. <laughs> oh my God. It's too, too funny. 
Absolutely. Uh, all right, man. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Well, thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure and, I'll be talking to you and, soon. And and just so you know, your sticker was at Volusia, and your sticker's going to be at Cherokee. I still got them both on the car. That's right. Well, you let me know if you have any fresh body panels, because I have new ones now. So, uh, <laughs> All right. Sadie needs one. She told me that. Well, uh, I think <laughs> I'll be seeing you guys at Georgetown. So I'll, Sounds like a I'll plan, stop buddy. by, bud. All right. Take all right, care. Man, thank you. Kick ass this weekend. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you.